0: Kent Online News.
1: News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott.
0: It's Thursday the 17th of October coming up. Kent MPs react to new Brexit deal. I'm
2: delighted the Prime Minister has, against the odds and against a lot of predictions, actually achieved a deal.
0: Granddad buried in wrong grave for six years. They wouldn't have found it
3: unless they put somebody... Husband and wife together, that's how they found it, and they were right next door to each other. So, I don't, we don't understand how it
0: happened. And results are out for the Kent test.
1: It's not the be all and end all. Your child has to go to a school at which they are best suited, and in some cases, that does not mean going to a grammar school.
0: Kent Online News. Boris Johnson says a great new Brexit deal has been done with the EU. The Prime Minister has been involved in days of intense negotiations with Brussels ahead of a crucial summit. Labour says it won't support the offer though, as does the DUP, which says it has issues with customs and VAT arrangements. We've been finding out what Kent MPs think of the agreement. Ish has been getting North Thanet Sir Roger Gale's reaction.
4: I can offer a cautious welcome at this stage, um, because I have yet to read the fine print, as we all do, and I want to know precisely what is in this and what is different from the withdrawal agreement. And my caution is also based upon the fact that, of course, any agreement has to get through the House of Commons. Uh, We failed three times. Um, I would like to think that this will succeed and that the European Reform Group will come on board and that the the Democratic Unionist Party from Northern Ireland will come on board but that's not certain. So it's potentially good news. We have to wait and see what happens. But if the content is as described publicly from Brussels, then with certain reservations, I would feel comfortable in voting for that. My reservations are that to date, and this may be the subject of legislation further down the line, but to date, there woefully inadequate provision for United Kingdom citizens living in the remaining 27 European states in respect of health care and pensions and exportable benefits. And that's a cause that I've been championing for a long time. I believe that we should be looking, looking after British subjects first and EU nationals second.
5: And um, we've already heard that Labour and the DUP say they won't be supporting this. Is there any chance then that this is going to be able to get through the co-
4: uh, it depends very much, I think, upon whether or not uh, a number of Labour member, members of Parliament with leave seats choose to support the government. And so far as the DUP is concerned, I have no doubt that negotiations will continue overnight, as they say.
5: And um, they, they've pointed out, for example, issues with customs and VAT arrangements. Um, can you understand their concept?
4: Uh I hear what they say, but um, this is in danger of turning into the tail wagging the dog if everything else is satisfactory then i would be prepared to support this deal but that will be on the understanding that there will be legislation that will still have to be addressed and i shall wish to raise again and again and again the issue of uk nationals living in the remaining european states
5: And, um, of course, there's also legislation, if an agreement isn't able to get through, that there will be an extension. What do you think about that, about the potential of, again, another delay? Well,
4: if there's a deal, and that deal requires a bit of further work and fine-tuning, then I think it would be madness not to um, allow for a brief extension. And I've always supported that cause. Indeed, Jeremy Hunt, when he was standing for the leader, and I supported Jeremy, when Jeremy Hunt was standing for the leader, uh, as leader of the party, um, he made it abundantly plain that he wanted to observe the 31st of October uh, deadline, but that if we were within an ace of a deal, it would be sheer folly not to allow the necessary time to pursue that. And I think that's absolutely right. So I'm, I'm not doctrinaire about that. I don't mind.
5: And and what have you made of Mr Johnson's efforts in securing a deal and trying to secure a deal? And obviously it seems that he has, as he says today.
4: Well, I mean, full marks for trying, um, full marks for succeeding if he has succeeded. And I obviously hope that if the deal is satisfactory, it will get through the House. How different it is from Theresa May's deal, which of course we could have had a year ago, and we could have been a lot further forward by now if others... Had, had done as i did and voted for it um but if if this is fine-tuning that allows it to get through the house of commons and through the european parliament and the 27 remaining member states then so be it what we want to do is leave the european union in an orderly fashion with an acceptable deal that allows us to move forward
0: well ashford mp damian green has also been telling ish what he thinks
4: i'm delighted uh, i've said all along
2: that uh, we should respect the result of the referendum, even though I campaigned to remain, uh, but that it was much better to leave with a deal than without a deal. Uh, The prime minister has, against the odds and against a lot of predictions, actually achieved a deal to his timescale. So responsibility now passes to parliament. And I would urge um, basically everyone who's ever said, I will do anything to stop no deal, to, to put their votes where their mouth is. Uh, and vote for this deal on Saturday.
5: So you're suggesting you will be one of those who will support this deal? Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm reading it now. And I mean, clearly what's changed from the previous deal is the removal of the Irish backstop. So the danger that I know a lot of people uh, thought was there that Britain could be permanently uh, left in, in, in a limbo where it couldn't sign its own trade deals, that's been removed now. Uh, so I think this is a deal worth supporting.
5: We do know, of course, that the DUP says they, they can't support it because of issues around customs and VAT. What do you make of that reaction?
2: Well, I, I mean, it's a shame. Uh, I hope when, when they look at the, the final text, the DUP will come round to support it. But I think it's a, it's a wider challenge than just the DUP. It's a, it's a challenge to, as I say, members of parliament on all sides uh, who said they, 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 they want to leave with the deal. Uh, and it's it's effectively what both major parties committed themselves to at the last general election, which is only two years ago. Uh, and I think it's, it's a chance to restore some faith in, in politics that people have said we want to leave with a deal, not without a deal. Well, here's a deal. Then you should vote for it.
5: And the Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, says this is worse than Theresa May's deal. Is there any chance of this getting through the Commons?
2: But well, there's a chance, yes. I mean, I think I mean Jeremy Corbyn appears to have reacted before he even read the deal, which I think tells you uh, the you know, the full value of of his response. He was always going to oppose it, um, but it's it's a matter of individual conscience for each individual Labour MP now, particularly those who represent constituencies that voted significantly to leave. Um, I I would urge them to to vote for the deal. I think they 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 want to put this part of the Brexit process behind us, as the vast majority of the public do. Um, and that that's another reason why I think people should vote for it.
5: And why do you think this is a better deal than what we've had before?
2: Well, I think the, the, you know, the problem with the deal before, which I voted for, I was, I was you know, perfectly content with the previous deal, but I'm you know, conscious that a lot of people inside and outside parliament were saying that the Irish backstop arrangements which meant that we couldn't change our customs arrangements without the consent of the EU, uh, could leave Britain unable to do what a democratically elected British government wanted to do uh, forever. Uh, And now that element of it has been removed from this latest deal. So I hope some of those who opposed the previous deal uh, will find it possible to support this deal.
5: So it seems as though perhaps this isn't something vastly different to before, but fine-tuning, is that how you sort of characterise it?
2: No, I think it is different from before. I have to say the, you know, most of the objections to the previous deal revolved around the Irish backstop. The Irish backstop has now been removed from this deal. That seems to me a significant change, which I hope can win this deal wider the support.
5: And, of course, if this isn't supported, there is legislation which would require... An extension, What if that is the case, if that happens, what do you think about that?
2: Well, I hope if, if we have to have an extension, which I hope we don't, I hope it's for you know, a short amount of time, uh, because it's not it, clear it, what an extension would achieve. You know, the extension was there to achieve a deal. Well, here is a deal. Um, and I think people who uh, still insist on an extension you know, have to answer the question, what are you actually trying to achieve? Are you trying to frustrate Brexit altogether? um and, and under the guise of finding uh, negotiating time, because you know the deal has been done, we don't need any more negotiating time
5: uh, and just sort of lastly um what what have you made of Mr Johnson's efforts in in securing this deal, and obviously, is this what you would have expected and hoped for when he took charge
2: well i'm I'm very impressed, I think you know from from all sides, whatever your views on on Europe or on politics uh the the odds were always seemed to be against getting a deal. Uh, and, and he's got one. So I think you have to give him a lot of credit for that.
0: Other Kent MPs have tweeted about the new Brexit deal. Helen Waitley, who represents Faversham amid Kent, says, let's back the hashtag Brexit deal and hashtag get Brexit done. MPs will meet in the Commons on Saturday, the first weekend sitting in 37 years to discuss the proposal.
1: Kent Online reports.
0: A Maidstone couple and their baby son who were detained for nearly two weeks after illegally entering the US, have been released and deported to the UK. David and Eileen Connors were on holiday with his brother's family near Vancouver in Canada when they claimed to have accidentally crossed the border. American authorities dispute that. A woman has spoken of her shock and anger after she found out her dad had been buried in the wrong grave for six years. The mix-up at Tunbridge Wells Cemetery was only discovered in March when Frederick Towner's remains were found in the grave of someone called James Burgess on the day of his wife's funeral. Luke's been hearing about the story from Frederick's daughter, Serena Smith, and her husband, Arthur. Well, I found out by a phone call
3: Right. from Tunbridge Wells crematorium people. Mm. Uh, They left a message on the phone. Mm. I wasn't here, I was at work. Hubby phoned him back. They wouldn't give him any details because he's not on the deeds. Right. Um, So I phoned back the next day And he told me over the phone that my father had been buried in the wrong grave for six years. Such a long time. They wouldn't have found it unless they put somebody, husband and wife together. That's how they found it. Mm. And they were right next door to each other. So I don't, (laughs) we don't understand how it happened. Because Mm. when I had my brother and my mum buried, I paid for a triple grave. So officially my dad should have gone on the top. Right. Which we thought had gone on the top, hmm. but he went next door on top of another gentleman. Yes. Six years is such a long time, I suppose it must have been quite a shock for you. The shock? Everything, yeah. yeah. Shock, angry, hmm. upset.
1: Lots I like said so the other people when they went to bury their mother this she that's what they found out was um, that's right. Yeah. they come down from like where did you say? Well, they've got they 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 five miles away on the other
3: side of um, Peterborough. Oh wow! Okay, yes, it's a They've r- they r- got r- a big
1: family. Company. They know family in America, Australia. Right.
3: Oh wow! But well, there's, there's. I mean, mine was upsetting, but I should think <laughs> theirs was more upsetting.
1: Because hmm. when they got to the cemetery, before they, they
3: got to the cemetery, right. they had a phone call to say could they postpone the funeral, and oh, dear. there was all police and everybody around <laughs> because they dug my which which they thought which was their grave. Yeah which was both wrong grave Mm. and also they had a headstone on my grave oh dear so what what must have happened to your original grave for your brother and 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 your mum as well then they put a headstone there they put a headstone there because when my dad was buried next Mm. door which is burgess's grave Mm. whoever filled the grave well the the funeral people fill the grave in. They put the plaque on there, which had my dad's name, yeah. my brother's name, and my mum's name. Yeah, so yeah, the burgesses yeah. put the headstone on the right, which they thought was the right grave, well, was the wrong grave. Yeah. And and as you said, they were what getting getting ready to go to the funeral, and that's when they, they found in the out. They on were the, in da- the they they yeah. were in the car. They were yeah, and they said no, we can't postpone it. Mm. So they actually had to dig a grave behind. Right a pre grave they call it or whatever they call it. So there was they had to dig on the day that we went to have it read what they call it, exclamation or whatever they call it. Um, They had to dig free
0: graze. Tunbridge Wells Borough Council have apologised for the mistake, which they've put down to human error. Staff involved in the burial no longer work in the department, and bosses say they've carried out a thorough investigation and reviewed their processes to stop it ever happening again.
5: Kent Online News.
0: A sitting-born man's been found guilty of helping to smuggle 29 Vietnamese people into the UK. The group, which included women and children, were brought in on a yacht at Newlin Harbour in Cornwall in April, put in a van and driven up the M5 before being stopped by police at a service station. 63-year-old John Ransom from Coates Avenue is one of four men who've been convicted. A man who exposed himself to a woman after offering to give her a lift in Barming near Maidstone has been given a six-month community order. A court heard Aaron Taylor then tried to give her £300 and snatched her phone when she called the police. The 33-year-old from Brooklands Road in Larkfield has also been ordered to have counselling and pay £500 in costs. Two Kent MPs are calling for urgent safety improvements to be made on the M21 following a series of crashes and deaths. Tunbridge and Wallings' Tom Tuggenhart and Tunbridge Wells' rep Greg Clark have joined Hastings' Amber Rudd in signing a letter that's been sent to Highways England. They want several changes, including a way of warning drivers to slow down during bad weather. The results of the Kent tests are out today. Around 16,200 children who took the exam last month are finding out if they can apply for a grammar school place for next September. Almost 5,000 pupils from Kent have been assessed as suitable, along with 2,800 from outside the county. ish has been chatting to Graham Jones, who's an education lawyer at Whitehead Monkton in Maidstone.
1: Firstly, if you've got the result you want, congratulations on passing the 11+, and you now just have to wait to see whether you get to your choice of grammar school. Uh, if you haven't, and you haven't passed the 11+, plus, well, my first piece of advice is do not panic. The first thing to do is to contact your school and speak to your head teacher to see what their views are about your mark.
5: What, what's the key things that parents need to, to bear in mind when they consider an appeal?
1: Well, the, the first thing is... Is your child suitable for Grammar Stream? Um, I think the grammar system is a very good system and I like the fact that our county county uses it but it's not the be all and end all. Uh, Your child has to go to a school at which they are best suited and in some cases that does not mean going to a grammar school. So first thing you need to decide is whether your child is actually grammar material. Uh, My concerns lie where parents have sort of crammed their child for the 11 plus, there's been lots of tutoring. And so with the benefit of that, they've got through the 11 plus, but when being put in the reality of the grammar stream, they struggle. If they've just missed the pass mark, yes, that's something that you do need to think about. Why did they just miss the pass mark? Was it a bad day at the office? Had something been happening at home? Had they been unwell? Um, If there are reasons, other than their um, general level of ability, yes, an appeal might be uh, the right thing to do. I mean, firstly, if a head teacher on the school think it was a bad day at the office, they can put in a head teacher's appeal. And so you then go through the appeal process supported by the school. If you're not supported by the school, um, you need to get your evidence together. So you need to show why there was a failure and why um, the child will be suited to the grammar stream.
5: And uh, just lastly, I understand you feel there is too much pressure on on children, obviously, with the Kent test.
1: I I think there is pressure. Um, They've tried to change the Kent test a number of times so you can't be tutored for it. Uh, That's worked to various degrees. But the whole idea of having a grammar stream is that those children that are naturally suitable, because they they would be the top stream in a comprehensive school, Go to the grammar school. Of course, there's all the arguments about you're then creaming away um, the top flight children. But the problem you've got is if you are creating an artificial situation, so your child is being tutored once a week to pass the 11 plus, firstly, that might create an artificial bubble. But secondly, you're possibly disadvantaging those that can't afford to have their children privately tutored.
5: I was just thinking about uh, another thing about when it comes in terms of appealing. Um, the, the competition for places, I mean, I'm, I imagine how difficult would that be?
1: There's, there is a big problem there because there's two issues relating to an appeal. So is the school full? Because that creates a problem on its own if the school is full. Or is it just that you were not offered a place and you didn't pass? So there's a, there's a two-stage process because... To get into a grammar school, you've got to have passed the 11-plus or have an successful appeal. But even if you pass the 11-plus, you may not get into the grammar school of your choice if that school is full. So, yes, the demand for places is always an issue. Kent Online reports.
0: A man's been taken to hospital after being knocked unconscious during an attack in Deal. The victim, who's in his 60s, was with friends in Queen Street 12 days ago when it happened. Police have been going through CCTV and want to hear from any witnesses. Roger Goff has been confirmed as the new leader of Kent County Council. The former education boss takes over from Paul Carter, who revealed last month he was stepping down from the role after 14 years in charge. Today's announcement was made at County Hall in Maidstone as climate change protesters staged a so-called die-in outside. Extinction Rebellion campaigners held a slow procession along Week Street, carrying a makeshift coffin, which they say symbolised the reality of the climate emergency. In London, several activists glued themselves to a train earlier, causing rush hour disruption. A Maidstone United defender and ex-Premier League player has told us racism is getting worse in football. George Elakobi, who helped Wolves secure promotion to the top flight, reported being abused while warming up against Walsall in 2014. The 33-year-old's been speaking on the KM Football podcast.
6: I feel like it has it's been coming a quite, quite the norm. It's been coming, it's like we, we saw it in the England, Bulgaria, and you're thinking, wow, when is it going to stop? Um, but again, I'm, I'm saying, I spoke about this the last time, I, I said education is key to to helping the ignorant people that do it or the ignorant people that are racist, because no one was born to be, to be a racist. They pick it up from... Their communities, they pick it up from, i.e., their parents, because no child comes into this world being a racist. So that comes from within. So education starts at home. We always say. So it's it's sad. It's sad that is is quite common nowadays. We saw it happening to um, the like of Rashford taking a pen and missing, and you know goes on social media, and everyone feel like they can sit behind the keyboard and say xyz about people about their race religion um i lukaku same thing um pogba the same and it's just getting worse because what is the footballing the people governing football at the top like in UEFA and stuff like that what are they doing finding them five thousand pounds or two thousand pounds i ain't gonna it's not gonna do anything sometimes i think now they need to be as hard, this is my thing. Might be the need to start banning some of these countries. First, internationally, ban them to not to compete for X, Y, Z time. Duration, I don't know, could be for a year. It could be make them not compete at all, make them miss a big tournament. So then they're, they're, their footballing body doesn't get any money. So I don't know if that's too harsh, but it's, that's my opinion. I just believe. And in this country... It's, it's difficult because then they always go as we can you know, we can identify the corporate when it happened to myself against Warsaw, which I was warming up on the on, on the side and I could definitely hear it coming out from from the crowd. Hey look Kobe. um what follow was you black. The one thing I'll tell anyone is <laughs> I'm proud of my I'm proud of my race. It doesn't face me one bit. What you say to me? I'm proud of where I came from. I'm proud of how I speak. I'm proud of my religion. I don't. I don't see color when I look at anyone or I'm speaking about anyone. I do not see color. So if you want to bring my color into my race into play, and feel like you're gonna make me feel lesser, lesser than than yourself, good luck to you. <laughs> good luck to you, because that is just gonna spare me on to go on and do greater things. To go on and try to be as good as I can be as, as an individual. And so we move back to to how can we tackle racism, especially let's start in, in, in the UK. I think we've tried we've tried a lot of stuff, haven't we? Where it was back, was it a couple of months back, we did the enough, you know, there's campaigns going on, kick racism out, show racism the red card kick it kick it out show racism the red card um i think that the fn needs to do more i don't know what they need to do for now but you know they need to do more do they need to give people live bans instead of giving them two years but just banning them is not going to be enough sometimes these people need education they need serious education and not just them but then they go look i always say there's this um little provider, the apple doesn't fall far from his tree So if they are racist, Why are they racist? You got dig. You got dig it out.
0: You can listen to the full episode at KentOnline.co.uk. Kent Online News. The Lee's Lift in Folkestone has been added to a list of sites at risk. The Grade two listed cliffside lift was forced to shut almost three years ago due to an unsafe break, and its reopening has been delayed by high costs. Being added to the Historic England list could now help safeguard it for the future. Roads bosses have told us they're prepared for the worst this winter. Hunter. with temperatures starting to drop dozens of gritters have now been put on standby Christina's been finding out more from Carol Valentine from Kent highways 2018 2019 winter was actually quite mild so we didn't
7: go out that many times but we always prepare for the worst so we've got 23,000 tons of salt in stock. we've got all of our lorries ready to go out as you say we do the dry run this week so regardless of what last year was we'll always plan for the worst
8: and in terms of going out again this year, so see you're preparing worst case scenario, hopefully yes. it's not, but um, is there any kind of new preparations you've got that come into action
7: this year? One of the things we're doing this year that we've not done in previous years, we've got some new technology going into some of our lorries, and that's going to help our drivers to do the routes more efficiently and um, to do some automatic sorting, so that's a really, we're really excited about that. Only in 23 of our vehicles, but other than that our normal plans have been put in place, we've got our farmers on standby, we're working with our district councils as we always have done, and our parish councils, and of course we've got all of our sort bins out there so people can self-help if they need to in, in, in bad weather.
8: And it's not just, you know, extreme bad weather, you know, it's not just, we're getting really heavy snow, you guys go out, Mm. there is, you know, it doesn't have to be really extreme for you to go go out in the first place.
7: Quite often um, people see our gritter lorries going around and say, well it's not actually that cold. We're really concerned to make sure that the road surface temperatures don't go below zero, which is when they can start to freeze. So we put the salt down before the freeze starts, so that's the main purpose of our gritting. So quite often we'll be out and it won't necessarily be icy, but we're really concerned about road surface temperatures.
8: So obviously with the roads that you do, Kent has quite a lot of country roads and um, in the sort of rural areas, obviously you can't get out to every single road in Kent, so what kind of areas are, are the main ones that you go to?
7: We focus on what we call our primary routes, so that's the main A and B roads and the locally busy, busy roads around the county and we make sure that we do those and we keep those sorted as you quite rightly say there are many of our rural roads aren't sorted so people do need to be careful if they're out and about on the sort of quieter parts of the network.
8: And um, yeah obviously it's quite early to tell um, just yet how bad this year's winter is going to be so when do you guys kind of get back into action? Obviously you're doing the dry run now of October is that when we might be seeing you out on the roads more often?
7: Well our winter service actually commences on the 25th of October So that's what all the preparations are for. And then any time after that, we get a road um, weather forecast. We get that every day. And that will let us know whether or not we need to go out and do any gritting.
0: The county's 67 gritters took part in a dry run of gritting routes this morning. And finally today, a convoy of more than 50 minis has left Kent via the Channel Tunnel to recreate the journey in iconic film The Italian Job for charity. They'll be doing a 16-day road trip across Switzerland and Italy while visiting film locations on the way the rally is now in its 30th year and has raised over 2.7 million pounds for children's charities that's it for now but don't forget you can go to kentonline.co.uk for more news throughout the day
1: news you can trust this is the kentonline podcast